0: Wonderful. Well, happy Easter. Look at your neighbor and say to them, Happy Easter. It's not a sad Easter, it's a happy Easter. Amen. Well, we are going to continue our teaching that we have been doing as part of our Easter celebration, focusing on the Easter theme. But we have been looking at healing. This is part five of our healing series. And uh, I am going to continue what I began to speak on, on um, Friday. How many of you had a good Friday service? Can I see? We had a wonderful time, didn't we? Yeah, it was a great time. Those of you who didn't come, you missed a wonderful time. So, I'm sorry um, for you, but uh, it's great you're here today anyway. Amen. So, we're going to continue on the healing ministry of our Lord Jesus. And uh, Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 and 5, the scripture says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Ashes, if you can help us, there are seats at the front. So if people need to sit down, just help them. Get some of those at the back to move to the front so that we can make space for those who are coming. If you're at the back, please come and sit at the front. We're promoting you. You know, come and sit at the front. Amen. The seats over here, the seats at the front, just, you know, even my seat, you can have it. Amen. Hallelujah. Look over here. Look over here. They're just sitting down. Look over here. Look over here. Ah, they're still looking at Look over here. Honestly. Wonderful. So, the scripture that we read describes what our Lord went through when he was on the cross. This is the suffering servant. And he says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace or the punishment that resulted in us receiving peace was upon him. And by his stripes we we were healed or we are healed. And uh, we talked about this a lot, but I want to just recap a few things. First of all, when he says in verse 4 that he has borne our grief, that word grief is literally sicknesses, weaknesses, distresses, anxiety, and of course grief. And he has carried our sorrows. That word sorrows means our pain and our afflictions, our anguish, as well as, of course, our sorrows. And he says that by his stripes we are healed. In other words, when they whipped him, when they crushed him, when they hit him, that brought healing or restoration to us. Now, what the scriptures is showing us is that on the cross, our Lord carried and paid the price, not just for our sins and our our wickedness, but he also paid the price for our diseases, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, our infirmities. Beloved, this morning I want you to know that whatever you are going through, our Lord Jesus has paid the price for it. I said our Lord Jesus has paid the price for it. He has paid the price for it. And uh, we've been talking specifically about healing, but it's not just healing. Everything that brought a curse on humanity... Our Lord, through dying on the cross, paid for it. Amen. Jesus Christ, we learned, when he was on the earth, he had a healing ministry. He had a healing ministry whereby he ministered supernaturally to people and they were healed. But we also learned that on the cross, he also had a healing ministry whereby he purchased our healing and through the cross, we are now healed. So I just want to briefly touch on some of the things I spoke on on Friday, and then I want to go into what we really want to treat today. So our Lord Jesus had a healing ministry before he went on the cross. Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17 says this: "When the evening had come, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick." that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Notice that the scripture is being referred to as Isaiah 53 here. But he misses out something, he misses out by his stripes, we are healed. Because our Lord had not gone to the cross. So when he was on the earth and he was ministering supernaturally to people, what the Scriptures is showing is that he was actually fulfilling this verse by taking on the sicknesses and diseases and the afflictions that the people were going through. So any time the Lord was ministering to people, he was fulfilling the Scripture. And I want you to understand this. Because when you understand that God's supernatural power intervened and ministered healing, whereby people no longer had to carry it, you can appreciate why we can walk in supernatural healing today if we so desire. Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments. And those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. I want you to notice that every kind of sickness, every kind of disease that they brought to the Lord, he healed. Our scriptures tell us in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did in his earthly body... He continues to do in his spiritual body. Just because we may not be seeing what has happened in the past does not mean Jesus has stopped doing what he used to do. You know, in church history, it tells us that up until AD 300 plus, the church was moving in supernatural power. They were speaking in tongues, they were healing the sick, they were casting out demons, and they were being persecuted. And then When the church became established and recognized by the state, after a while, that supernatural element ceased to be evident, only in few places. And one day, one day, a certain pope was showing people around, um, a certain, yeah, it was a pope, he was showing people around the Vatican, and as he was showing them around it, he said, no longer can the church say, silver and gold have I none. Do you remember when Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So the Pope said no longer, because the church has become very wealthy. And then the guy replied, and no longer can the church say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Throughout church history, whenever the people of God began to rediscover that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Don't worry about all of that. Don't worry about all of that. It's all part of it. When people began to discover that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the power of God begins, begins to break out amongst the people of God. And signs and wonders begin to follow. And I am believing that on this Easter Sunday morning, we are going to begin to capture again that supernatural dimension in the body of Christ. Can you say amen? So, not only was the Lord operating in healing before he went on the cross, but on the cross, he purchased our healing. We've already learned that. And he purchased our healing on the cross by the following. One, by redeeming us from the curse of the law on the cross and becoming a curse for us. In Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, the scripture says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What I want you to notice is this. Our Lord became a curse. So that whatever curse that is supposed to come on our lives. Will no longer have a legal access over our lives. He became a curse so that the blessing of Abraham. Which was spiritual, soulful, physical. And even material would come upon the Gentiles by faith. So that all of us can have access to the things that he purchased on us for us on the cross. Can you say amen? Amen. Second point is this. This is how his healing ministry was fulfilled on the cross. He redeemed us from every spiritual and legal requirement that enabled Satan and enabled death to have access and dominion over our lives. When our Lord went on the cross, he not only paid the price, but he bought us back and canceled any legal rights Satan had over anybody. Colossians chapter 2, 14 to 19. Let me just read a few scriptures. It says, verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and and he has Taking it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Fifteen. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Sixteen. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come but the substances of Christ. What he's showing us is this. What the Lord accomplished on the cross meant that now all the demonic powers, Satan included, could not have a legal right to rule your life, to rule my life, because he disarmed their power and their authority over humanity by nailing every requirement on the cross. Beloved, on the cross, when our Lord Jesus said, It is finished. Everything that God required for humanity's complete restoration and redemption was accomplished. So when he descended to Hades, he didn't go there to fight. He went there to enforce his victory. And the scriptures show us that he descended to the lowest parts of the earth. There he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison his victory. He proclaimed to them that he is victorious. And then afterwards, he went to another part of Hades and took all the righteous dead and took them into heaven. And in fact, you find in Matthew that the scriptures tell us how that on the resurrection, many of the saints of old also resurrected and testified in Jerusalem about the fact that Messiah has risen. And in his ascension, they all ascended with him. And the scriptures give us allusions to this, but we won't go into that today. Amen. The point there is that our Lord Jesus Purchase our victory on the cross and make sure that Satan no longer had any access over your life, over my life. And sickness and all kinds of diseases are now under the feet of the church. If you can believe it, say amen. And then the final thing that he did on the cross was he defeated death. He defeated death through the cross. Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have been, have passed have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I will never forget as a child that I used to be afraid of death. I used to be afraid of dying. I used to genuinely be afraid of dying at a very young age. There are people in this room, you're afraid of dying. Because you don't know the reality of the greater one who lives inside of you. Or you haven't come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, the scripture says for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. When our time comes, and it will surely come, we should be confident that our day has come. Because we have been set free by the power of death and by the fear of death. Every child of God shouldn't have a fear of death. You've gone quiet on me in our church because it is our right. We shouldn't fear death. We should be able to confidently say, "I don't fear death." Amen. The way you are looking at me, I'm not sure. Huh. All right. Now let's talk about His healing ministry after the cross, the healing ministry of our Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ, after He died on the cross. How does that look? What does that look like? First Peter chapter two twenty-four. He says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Say, we're healed. Now notice, in Isaiah, he says, by, whose, by his stripes we are healed. Now he says, by his stripes you were healed. Why? You see, on the cross... Is when our healing took place. I said on the cross is when our healing took place. And when Peter was writing this, the cross was now past tense. When what Jesus accomplished on the cross is now a part of our history. Therefore, by his stripes, you and I were healed. Our healing took place on the cross. So now... When we are experiencing sicknesses and diseases, we enforce the victory of the cross by establishing his kingdom. When we see sickness, when we see disease, we enforce the victory of the cross. I remember there was a friend of mine many years ago. She had a tremendous fear. A fear, and I'm sharing this because somebody has a similar kind of fear. They had a tremendous fear of butterflies. And when she would see a butterfly, she would pass out. It was an irrational fear, but she would pass out. And one day, just in conversation, she said to me, you know, Joe, I have this fear of butterflies. Even a lapel of a butterfly will knock her out. Powerful. She said, it's been there most of her life. I said, that one is easy. We can deal with that one. That's very easy. So, all we did was broke the legal right, Got her to enforce it and commanded that thing to leave her. And left it. Nothing happened. She didn't roll on the floor. She didn't foam in the mouth. Nothing happened. But I knew something had happened. Then one day, she was with her friend and butterflies started to fly around. And she just kind of swatted them. And, and the friends were like, what happened to you? I thought you used used to pass out. I said, oh, she remembered that the Lord had set her free. Through a little boy called Joseph. The the point I'm making is is this. Once you understand the victory of the cross, dealing with the enemy is very easy. You see, what I have found is this. The hardest people to pray for are believers who have been in the church for a long time. Kabul. Because they have all the answers. They can tell you why the sickness is there. And sometimes it's because God is teaching them a lesson, sometimes it's because of this, sometimes it's very, it's very hard. but when it comes to people who hardly know anything about the gospel, command the thing, "Go in Jesus name, and bam." Hallelujah. That's a reason. But anyway, we'll, we'll touch on that later on in this teaching. But I want you to see something about enforcing the victory of the cross. Ephesians 1:3 says this: "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. I want you to notice the tense. Who has blessed us, past tense. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. You see, that was what Jesus purchased for us. Everything that we needed to prosper spiritually was established for us. But it's in the spiritual realm, in heavenly places. It is our faith. That brings it into this realm. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 2 and 4. 2 to 4. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Notice the tense. His divine power has given to us all things. Say all things. He's given us all things that pertain or that relates to life and godliness. His divine power has given us everything that we need to live and to live a godly life. Yeah. So whatever we are going through that seems to overwhelm us, it is not because God has not made provision for us. Maybe we do not know how to appropriate what belongs to us. Four. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature. You see, God gives us promises. And the promises he gives us is to enable us to share in his nature. But if we don't use what he's given to us, it just remains redundant. Many people want God to do for them what they are supposed to do for themselves. I'm telling you, as we begin to look at the ministry of healing in the church, you'll discover something. At times the Bible will say, and God performed, d- did this. Other times the Bible will say, Peter and John did this. The apostles, through the hands of the apostles, signs and wonders took place. Other other places you see that is God and the people. Other places you see that is the people that were being used. You see, let me tell you something. There is a realm of reality for believers where it is not up to God for signs and wonders to follow. In Mark chapter 16 verse 17, he says, And these signs shall follow those who believe. Certain signs, five supernatural signs, will follow believers. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. My question is, all of you who are believers, where are your signs? Instead of chasing signs, let signs follow you. This is our heritage. I said this is our heritage. These are some of the promises that belong to us. As a pastor, sometimes it pains me when I tell people, this is what you do to get out of this problem. And then they reply, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but you don't understand what I'm going through. You are right, I don't. I don't need to understand what you are going through to give you a solution to come out of it. Are you still here? Or like, even as I'm teaching, somebody will get upset. What are you trying to say? Are you trying to say I don't have faith? Are you trying to say it's my fault? I'm not trying to say any of that. I'm trying to say God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And if you choose to use it, you shall prosper in your life. Can you say amen, somebody? He says, by which I've been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see, the world system gets us to be polluted and defiled through the desires we have, through lust. But when you use the promises of God's word or the promises that God has given to you, it empowers you to be free from the trappings of your own desires. All right. Now, we are commissioned with the same healing mandate that our Lord Jesus operated in when he was on the earth. In John chapter 20, verse 21, look at what the scripture says. This is Easter, um, well, it wasn't really Easter Sunday morning, this particular event, but it was, uh, it was, it's normally used as part of the Easter event, so I'm going to use it. In John chapter 20, 21, our Lord appears to them suddenly and he says to them, Peace, he said to them, Peace to you. Look at the phrase, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. This is part of the Great Commission. You see, the body of Christ corporately has been empowered by the risen Christ to minister to the world in the same manner that he ministered. It's not just a few select apostles. No, 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 no. You see in church history, That the whole company of believers operated supernaturally. Yeah, the apostles operated on a different level, but the whole company of believers operated supernaturally. You see it in the word of God. And as it was in our Lord's earthly body, so it is in his church today. Our Lord continues to anoint us, his church, in his healing ministry. In Acts chapter 10, 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. He said, as the Father sent me, I'm also sending you. So if the Father anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. is the same way our Lord Jesus wants to anoint you. I said, anoint you as his child with the Holy Spirit and with power. The problem I have is, many of us settle for the Holy Spirit anointing, as important as that is, very, very important. We get the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and we have a measure of grace where he begins to lead us, he begins to guide us, he helps us to pray. That is wonderful. But we don't go for the next level of power of the Spirit. Acts 1.8. After the Lord had breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, in John 20, this same event here, Acts 1.8, he says to them, in Luke 24, he's telling them, in Acts 1.8, it's a continuation. He said to them, in Luke 24, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. And in Acts 1.8, he says to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Beloved, there are two dimensions of experience of the Holy Spirit. There is the Holy Spirit indwelling you as a believer when you get born again. And there's the Holy Spirit empowering you supernaturally. As you allow him to empower you. And that comes by waiting. Many of us don't know how to wait on him. You know, waiting on him is not just shabaya a few shabaya ba microwave, oh, 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 oh. in Jesus' name, amen. No. These guys waited 10 days. When's the last time you waited on the Lord? 10 days. And after 10 days, the heavens opened. Bam! Empower. And, and anybody who has been used by God supernaturally, consistently, will tell you, before the power flowed, there was some fasting and there was some praying. Am I right, Otis? Yeah. Before the po- You see, at times you see people, you see them operating, it looks effortless. It's me too, I can do it, Shabu. No, listen. We fast, we pray, we prepare our spirits. Even to come and stand here, we prepare our spirits in prayer. Wait on God. Before we open our mouth. So, Let me tell you, it's the same process. And that's why the Bible tells us to continuously be filled with the Spirit. Continuously be filled with the Spirit. As a church, there's going to come a time where the the Spirit will fall upon us. Wham! Bam! And as we go out, the power, the power, the power, the power will be evident. I am believing God that one day in this church, we will stretch our hands. Cripples will walk. It looks ridiculous to some of you because you've never seen it before. We have seen people healed. Before our eyes. But I'll be honest with you. I've never, to my knowledge, seen a cripple walk. Not yet. In my ministry. I've seen God do everything. I think you probably have. Have you you seen a cripple? Yeah, yeah, he has. My friend there who's a prophet, he's seen cripple walk. I haven't seen. Some of our friends, they've stretched their hands out. They've seen blind eyes open. I haven't seen blind eyes. Not yet. Not yet. But, I bet you've seen a few, isn't it? You've seen a few cripples, isn't it? The prophet here, he's seen a few, he's seen quite a few. Yeah, but it comes as you wait on the Holy Spirit for the anointing of power. Say power. power. Yeah, these are the realities. And how the Lord was anointed is the same way you're going to be anointed. So the church is to continue the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. Say I will continue that ministry. Look at Mark chapter 16 verses 19 and 20. He says, so then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out. If this is your Bible, underline it. If it's it's, uh, not one of them underlining ones, you can't do that, you know, tablet and stuff. But otherwise, and they went out and preached everywhere. Say everywhere. The Lord working with them And confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. They went everywhere. They preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word with accompanying signs. The times I have seen the greatest manifestations of power has been in contexts where it has looked ridiculous. I remember one day I was preaching somewhere and uh, whilst I was preaching people were playing football open park. As I was speaking, they were playing. Children were playing, playing and walking about. Were you there? Yes, in in Musiasu. Some village somewhere in Ghana. Now, you may say, oh, because it's Africa, it works. Try it and see. You see, at times, people think, oh, because it's Africa, it it, it will work. Go. There are many times. Try it and see. I remember once, where's Zen? Where's Zen? I remember once, um, I was having a service, and uh, I had fasted, i prayed, i waited on God, I'd come into the service. This is Africa. I said, somebody here with this problem. Nobody responded. Hmm. Somebody here with that problem. Nobody responded. Hmm. After three or four times, Zen says, Selector, it's not working. <laughs> in front of everyone, you know. Yeah, you think it's easy in Africa. But this particular day, it was It was flowing. So as I preached, as I was preaching, I actually thought to myself, what am I doing here? As children were walking about. But I, I blacked it. I pretended like I was in control. Don't worry. God is moving. People were, people were like just kind of standing around loitering. And there was nobody sitting here like this. Nothing like children were just walking about. So, yeah. So uh, after we finished preaching, I said, well, I thought, well, Let's just go through the, the run of the mill. If anybody here, I mean, I said, Lord, you know, I preach, I talks about healing and deliver, doesn't even look like anybody was listening. So if anybody here wants to be healed, come. Man, I got the shock of my life, <laughs> like ants. They all start coming. I for oh oh, I did that for oh no. So they be listening. Ha. Huh. And then the first one comes. It was a pastor's wife, and she says, "Pastor or oh, bishop, my hand for many months I can't move it beyond here," and everybody heard it, and I thought, "Lord have mercy." So I said, uh, "What, what, what do you say? She said my hand. <laughs> I can't move it beyond here." So I said to him. Lift up your hands. And she went, so, so, I said, put it down. I said, lift it up. I said, put it down. I said, lift it up. I said, said, could you do that before? She said, no. I said, go then, go, go, go. (laughs) But listen, let's uh, let's just let a thing flow whilst it's happening, you know. Then some children come. You know, with children, you can't fake it. And they said uh, they had some problem. I can't even remember. I thought, yeah. I said, don't worry. We laid hands. They were healed. I was like, okay. Then people started to come. And to my shock, yeah, to my shock, everyone we prayed for was healed. Now, this happened to me a few times. But at those times when it happens, there are times when my faith is this big. Sometimes my faith feels like it's this big. I can say, all of you here, be healed. And then they all look at me like, nah, the thing is still there. It's even worse now. Ah." (laughs) But as we go out, he will confirm his word. Now, the reason why many of us have not seen much, if anything, is because we've never had to. I will never forget. There was in, in the early 80s, there was a film called Maybe it's the late 70s. There's a film called The Exorcist. Has anybody ever watched this film? Hey, you've watched it. And I remember one day in a, in a setting where somebody began to display that, those same kind of things you saw in The Exorcist. They weren't flying or anything, but they were... And I was like... I rebuke in the name of Jesus and then they, they I laugh, whoa, this worked. So when I realized that the name of Jesus has such power, I had confidence. What I'm trying to say is this, as you step out to obey God, God will confirm his word. Can you say amen? It is important to know that after our Lord's resurrection, he didn't do any ministry to the world. None. He gave that to the church. That's where we get the Great Commission, Matthew 28 18 to 20, where our Lord says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, etc. Now, what you have to understand is that when he says, All authority has been given to me, the next phrase, go therefore, is that he's delegated that authority to the church. Beloved, you have authority. I said you have authority, but you have to be willing to use that authority. So you see the Lord's authority in his church. So for instance, you find that Peter and the apostles, they began to exercise their authority as believers on the day of Pentecost because Jesus had given to them the keys of the kingdom of God. And how was that key exercised? When they preached the gospel and 3,000 got saved. I want to show you something about the fact that every time the apostles and the disciples operated, they were fulfilling the healing ministry of Jesus. And in the same way, you and I, if we want to identify the Lord as his child, on this Easter Sunday morning, we have to be willing to function the way he has called us to. Can you say amen? We, as his church, we've been given, we've been entrusted with his kingdom. With his kingdom, which is his rule, his will, to see it exercised on the earth. So in the next 10 minutes, as I bring this to a conclusion, I want to show you a few things. Matthew 24, 14 says this. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. This gospel of the kingdom. So you have to ask yourself, what was that gospel of the kingdom? How did it look like? Well, it was they preached Jesus Christ. They preached the fact that he was alive. They preached things that relate to the kingdom. And then they demonstrated the kingdom, the way the Lord taught them. Luke chapter 10, 8 and 9. He says this, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as I said before you. That's, by the way, for those of you who are very choosy in your stomach. When you're on missions, you have to eat what is set before you. One day, I went to a certain country and they offered me lamb's brains and I ate it. It wasn't tasty, but I ate it. Amen. Because I was obeying scripture. Yeah. What's your problem? What is it? Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things. As I said before you, sometimes they will set before you snakes. You eat it in Jesus' name. Habba, Shabba, in Jesus' name. What is your problem? This is part of the gospel of Jesus. Ah, my friend, I, 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 I'm just sharing the, doesn't he say whatever, What? <laughs> anyway, verse 9, look at you, you're thinking of food now. Verse 9, now look at this. And heal the sick there. Hold on. I thought God does the healing. He said, heal the sick there. And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So as we heal the sick, we tell them about the kingdom. Look at Matthew chapter 12 verse 28. Our Lord says this. But if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. If I cast out spirits by the kingdom of God, by the spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. So there are two things that will show that the kingdom of God, this Jesus you're talking about, is real. When you heal the sick and you cast out demons. And look at the signs that follow believers. The first one is they will cast out demons. The last one is they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You see, beloved, I want to show you something. This is why signs and wonders are necessary for the kingdom message when we are preaching it. Every child of God has a healing mandate upon their life. Just because you haven't seen it, doesn't mean it is not so. I remember, I remember many years ago when I was training my dad in Bible school. And my dad got saved when he was 67. He got ordained as a minister when he was 80. In his 70s, he was in Bible school. Awesome. And I said to my dad, now dad, you and the students are going to go out and you're going to preach and you're going to cast out demons. He said, Joe, hey. Because my dad had a spook. He was spooked by witches and those kind of, those things used to spook him. But then he got filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues. Glory to God. And so that's my American side. Glory to God. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, when I said to him, he said, hey, Joe, that's how he calls me, Joe, I said, I said, no, you have to do it. So, we send them out, the students. They, we taught them this is how you cast out demons, this is how you minister to the sick, and then we send them out. When he came back, he said, Joseph, Joe, I will point my finger at them and they'll start spinning. I cast out spirits. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Have you taught your church this? That was the next thing he asked me. Back then, we had taught them that they had forgotten. So, <clears throat> he said, "What this is amazing. And what shocked him was how easy it is. Beloved, there is an anointing upon your life. You just don't know it. The enemy has robbed you for so long, but I tell you from this day in Jesus' name, on this resurrection Sunday, you will begin to operate in the anointing that belongs to you. <laughs> Listen, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says this. For the kingdom of God, It's not word, but power. So when we're talking about God's kingdom, it's not words. This is the problem with us today. When we're talking about Jesus, we talk as if it's just words. There is a supernatural dimension. I like to ask people, do you need healing? Do you have a problem that needs solving? Just to demonstrate the kingdom. When I'm dealing with people who are arguing with me, I like to say, okay, is there something there that we can solve? Now, at times people, they, they say, we don't believe, we don't care. We pray, nothing happens. Where well, you go. As they go, the power of God touches them. You will see that in Jesus' name. The apostles preached the gospel of the kingdom and demonstrated the kingdom with signs following. You find this in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John said to the crippled man, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You find in Acts chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says, Through the hands of the apostles. Listen, it was through the hands of the apostles. At times we say God did it. No, God did it through the hands of the apostles. Many signs and wonders were done among the people. I am believing God that there will be people in this church that many mighty signs and wonders will be done through their life. Philip the evangelist preached the kingdom and demonstrated the kingdom with the following signs. Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 8, verses 5 to 8. It says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Did you see that? We will say which God did. No, the Bible says which Philip did. There is a healing anointing upon you, Charlotte. God wants you to operate. Don't hide behind your husband. Lay hands on the sick. Cast out demons. There's a healing anointing upon your life. All of you who have been praying for that healing anointing, stand right now. You've been praying for it, stand right now. If you haven't been praying for it, don't stand. Stay seated. As you stand, lift your hands to the Lord. And ask him to touch you afresh from today. You've been praying for it, stand right now. Thank you, Holy Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, as these precious ones stand, let the heavens open over them. I said let the heavens open over them. Let angels be on assignment on their behalf from today. Father, I pray that as they step out in faith, that you will confirm your word with signs following. I speak a release over you now in Jesus' name. Receive a fresh touch of the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. Quickly, Paul the Apostle demonstrated the kingdom through mighty signs and wonders. I want the ministers to get the communion elements ready. We're going to take communion as we bring this to a conclusion. Paul the Apostle demonstrated the kingdom with mighty signs and wonders. Look at what he says. In Romans chapter 15, verse 18 to 19. Because again, believers, we like to say this. Oh, it's it's up to God. It's up to God. It's up to God. But look at this. Listen, you are going to say, God did mighty signs and wonders through me. You, Todd, you and your wife, you're going to say, look at me. Jenny, look here. You are going to say it. Look at this. Verse 18. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. Yeah. We speak about what Christ has done through us. Those of you who, argue, who, who, who think that we're crazy on Facebook and, and, and on, online, we speak about what we have experienced. What we have experienced. Yeah, come and, come and help me. What we have experienced. Amen. He <laughs> says this. We will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. In word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem round about to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel. Hallelujah. We'll continue this next week. I want us to pray. You might be here today and you do not know Jesus Christ. You have not given your life to Christ. I want to give you an opportunity. I want to pray for you. If you are here and you're saying to me, Joseph, I want to give my life to Christ on this Easter Sunday morning or afternoon. I want to surrender my life to Christ. Why don't you raise your hand where you're seated right now? I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. If you've already done this, don't don't raise your hand. I want every head bowed and every eye closed, please. As we get ourselves ready. If you want to surrender your life to Christ, why don't you raise your hand quickly? I do not see anyone, so I want to move quickly on. God bless you. You've already done it, sis. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand quickly. Fine, I don't see anyone, so I want to quickly pray over you. I think I see another person. God bless you. God bless you. I want to pray over you. If there's anyone else, just raise your hands. I don't want you to come to the front. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to help you with your faith. Those of you that raised your hands right now, I I want every head bowed. I'm going to pray with you. Father, I pray for these precious ones. And Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit will continue to move on their heart and draw them to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. After the service, just come and see me and I will talk to you some more. Amen. If we can bring the communion elements, we're going to receive communion. And this is also a very important part of our worship. This Easter day is an opportunity for us to experience the supernatural power of God. Some of us have allowed the enemy to harass us for too long. Today, as you take the bread and the wine, you let these emblems be channels of faith. The bread and the wine is nothing, but when you exercise your faith, it has within it healing and deliverance and restorative properties. If you are spiritually weak, by taking the bread and the wine, you can become strong. If you are physically sick, by taking the blood that the bread and the wine you can become you can be healed and so I want us to just begin to focus our attention we're going to bless the bread and the wine and then we're going to serve and then we're going to take it together father we thank you for the great privilege that we have to take the bread and the wine at this time we ask for you to bless it to our spirit souls and body in Jesus name amen please serve them as Matthew plays and as we. See.